Isn't it good to be together? Sure. Wonderful. I trust that if I haven't chatted to you this year yet, I trust that you had an amazing December. I pray that you had fabulous family time. I trust that the Word of God continued to stir you, that you kept putting yourself in His presence, that He was lavishing His love and His grace over you so that you face 2024 not on empty but on full. And that? Was there an amen there? Okay. I'm just checking. Just checking. I want to just, for a little bit longer, just kind of like hang on what God was saying over here. And I love the illustration, Jackie, of the chimes in the wind. But here's the deal. You can be the most beautiful chime hanging, but if you're not in the wind, you're just an ornament. You're just hanging. You're not playing a sound. You're not fulfilling what you were created to do, and that is to create music. And so I want us for a moment, will you put yourself in the wind right now? You see, sometimes I've got to go and look for the wind. The wind doesn't find me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like a, it's a parallel thing over here. And some of us, we're missing God because we're waiting for God to blow on us. No, I'm going to look for where the wind is, and that's what I'm going to put myself, so that the wind can blow on me. So right now, where you are, will you just start to let the wind blow on you? You just start to pray in the Spirit. You just start to speak to God. You start to, I, I don't know what you're expecting for 2024, but I'm not expecting anything just normal. I'm not expecting anything normal because I don't serve a normal God. I serve a God that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can even ask or even think. Now, either His Word is true or we might as well fold it up and go home. But I believe His Word is true. I have seen His Word change me. I have seen His Word do things in my life. I have seen God do miracles on my behalf. I know that I know that I know He is the God of the Bible. He is, there is none like Him. And so I'm asking you, will you put yourself in the wind right now? Will you start to prophesy over your life for 2024? Nobody else is going to do it for you because what you want is that's what you're going to talk. That's what you're going to say. What you believe is what you're going to say. Yo, that's kind of like starting 2024 wild. But that's the reality. That's the reality. You can read the Bible. You find that people that were hungry for Jesus and needed a miracle, they went looking for him. He never went looking for them. You need a miracle in your life. Let's get out there and let's go and find him. Let's go and push the boundaries. Let's go and do everything that we know how. Amen. I'm asking you, will you lift your voices now? This is not a quiet time. This is a noisy time. Will you lift your voices and you start to speak the goodness of God over your own life, over your family, over your business, whatever it is. Let's just take two minutes very quickly. Let's do this. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you that you've exalted your name above your word. Word here, I mean, your word above your name. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word is established forever. So we speak your word over our lives in Jesus' name. We declare that God, your goodness will follow us in Jesus' name. Your blessing is upon us. Your favor is upon us. I declare, God, that you will open doors that no man can shut in Jesus' name. 
but you will shut doors no man can open. God, you will lead us in your ways. That your word, God, will be the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Your voice will be a voice that will be so clear. We will hear it in the chaos, in the dark times. We will hear your voice because we have spent time in your presence, in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your voices. You carry on praying now. Oh, shakabarese. Come on, just for a couple more minutes, just a short time. Come on, speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Jesus' name. You're for us. You're not against us, God. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you've raised up a standard. It's your blood, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we're more than conquerors in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I want to declare upon us as a congregation of every family, of every business, that God, you're the God that supplies all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, thank you, Father, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can either dribble into the year or you can start it with a bang. Let's start it with a bang. Amen. Amen. I want to speak for a couple of moments tonight on it's all about now. It's all about now. In Psalm 118, 24, it says, This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. You see, there's something about today. Tomorrow is a dream if you haven't lived through today. Many of us are, are, are relying on oil tomorrow, on tomorrow, but you cannot experience tomorrow until you've lived today. And what you and I do today is going to be seed into tomorrow. What you and I do today is going to create momentum that's going to affect tomorrow. So Christianity is not passive stuff. It's active stuff. If you're expecting your life just to fall into place, well, it's not going to happen. Do you know why? Because there's an enemy out there that wants to derail you and I. And he doesn't want you and I to fulfill our purpose, our calling, our mandate. And he wants to get your life so tangled up and so chaotic that he'll throw anything he can at you. You and I have to be at a place where we are able to sift through everything and recognize this is God, this is not God. So I know how to fight. And so today is all that I have, and I have to make the most of today. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, reading from verse 15. Listen to what it says. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This was written a long time ago, and it's amazing how it's so real today. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, but be led, and that leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Now, I don't know if you kind of like watch TV of all the New Year celebrations, and it's places can make some wow moments. I mean, some of those guys, the, the, the displays were like, what? Can you actually do something like that? And such spectacular stuff, amazing. I mean, and then they interview people, and people have these amazing resolutions of what they're going to do. I've been there, and I never did any of them. It lasted for one day. So here's the deal. In that wow atmosphere of fireworks and singing and shouting and all that kind of stuff, I have to ask, is that really going to change me? Or what is it going to take to change me? I have noticed that all the fireworks and all the wowing and all the shouting and all the screaming and all the hallelujah did nothing for me after that. Other than made me very tired because I waited up to midnight to do all that stuff. You see, the celebration of the moment doesn't change me. I have to get sick and tired of getting sick and tired of what I'm sick and tired of. Don't ask me to repeat that because that's not going to come out. Before, I'm going to do something. Have you noticed that? So, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm, I'm really trying very hard to pull everything in. But there's been a lot of collateral damage over December. And what I'm finding is that everything sticks much easier than it did before. All the Christmas cake and the, the, all those things, you know. It's kind of like got stuck in here somewhere. I, don't, I can't get the zip to unzip the stuff. <laughs> so I'm getting sick and tired of carrying all this weight around. So I better do something. Eat less. Move more. All those nice things. So here's it. Most people say, tomorrow I'm going to start. And tomorrow never comes. <laughs> and then when tomorrow comes, okay, no, let's start next week. This week's quite hectic. So we're going to start next week. <laughs> and then, I don't know about you, but, but life's come so fast that when you open your eyes, that week's gone by. You haven't even had a time to take a breath or even think about what you're going to actually implement. Then it's like another week's gone by. And it, and it just, life seems to be getting faster and faster. So here's some great news. Do you know that 2024 is going to give you the same amount of time as 2023? Did you know that? You're going to have the same amount of hours. I lie, because this year's a leap year. <laughs> so you are blessed. You've got 24 hours more this year than you have in another kind of year. So you better use that 24 hours. And let's see some results at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, so... Will we make better use of our time? I'm talking about it's all about now. It's all about now. There was a man, uh, PJ Daniels, he's kind of like a motivational speaker, and, and he would always challenge the, the guests, why are you procrastinating? Do it, do it, do it now. So one day he comes home from work, and in his dining room, he just sees piles of clothes. And he asks his wife, he says, where does this come from? 
And she said, I was in the shopping mall. And I heard your voice. Why are you procrastinating? Do it. Do it now. So I bought everything that I wanted. (laughs) So I want to make a declaration. Not that now. Okay? Don't do that now. (laughs) So everybody gets the same amount of time. Some do more than others. Why? Because it all determined about what's a priority to you. And what's a priority to me? You see, because what's a priority to me is I'm going to actually give that time. So our scripture said this in in Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, making the most of every opportunity. So here's some thoughts for 2024. Number one, our time on this earth is limited. The problem is that when I was a teenager and you spoke of somebody that was 60, it seemed so far away. The problem is, I have opened my eyes and I'm there. And I'm wondering, what happened to all those years that seemed so far away? But I had a lot of time, and it's gone. And I'm trying to think, what have I achieved in those 60 years? There's been many predictions of being the end of the world, and they've all been wrong. And we see the chaos in the world right now, and we have to say the coming of Jesus is closer than it's ever been. Obviously, every day that goes by, it gets closer. But the chaos is kind of like starting to show us that we are really standing almost that Jesus is at the door about to come back. And today, if it was your and my last day, what would you be doing? Some of us find it very hard to answer that because we don't know. We've become so confused in life. We've got no idea what our purpose is. We don't even know why we're here. And so therefore, if we had to say, if this is your last day, what? I want to climb Mount Everest. I want to, I want to go to a theme park. You don't even know yourself. And I think that's a question that we need to start to ask ourselves so that we can become more focused in life. What would be important for me? Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36, Jesus said, About the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So we don't know when that last day is going to come. Whether Jesus is coming back or whether I breathe my last over here, I don't know when that is. But I need to be preparing for that. And I don't want, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just kind of like out of life. I want to go with a bang. I want to leave like on fire. Anybody else out there? Yeah, I want to I leave with a bang. <laughs> Lived my last, given my best. So, you and I should be living our life as if Jesus is coming today, but we plan our life as if he's not he's coming for the next hundred years. So that means I have purpose in my life. So just a, a rewind, because just sometimes we, tell, we talk about this, and we've got no point of reference, and I want to I share a, just a, a family thing that happened. So in 2013, Shirley's dad was the age of 78 years old, and um, he was one day just at the gate saying goodbye to people, tripped, fell, fell onto the curb on his shoulder, broke his shoulder. Normal day, done that many times, gone out there, said goodbye Lands up in hospital. Things go horribly wrong in hospital. Lands up in intensive care. Things go even worse in intensive care. And he goes, lands up in an isolation in intensive care. 
from somebody that there was nothing wrong with him. All he did was he fell. And all along in life, we have spoken to him. Surely myself would be married for 34. 34 years in February. So for 30, well, in those years, anyway, we were always speaking about Jesus to him. We made him very angry at times. And, um, but we were always trying to find out, is he saved? And all of a sudden now that he's landed up in this situation, intensive care, and in isolation in intensive care, 78 years seemed very short. And we were wondering, had we missed opportunities that we could have capitalized on so that we could lead him to Jesus? So the reality is we're not going to live forever in the flesh. That's the reality. You're not going to live forever. I don't think we want to either. When these lafies start getting like, not as effective as they used to be. (laughs) I've got to be careful what I'm speaking of in my life right now. Um, you know, they don't work as well. And, and that's why you and I have got to be taking every moment because one day I'm not going to be able to do that. So, so you, let me tell you a wonderful thing, and I'm really diverting right now. But, but Joel turned 16 this year. Don't do that mess. Just leave that mess alone. Um, and now he's almost getting to his prime where he's doing push-ups and sit-ups and da-da-da-da-da. So guess who's challenging to do push-ups, sit-ups, da 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 yeah, amen, surely. <laughs> Steve, you're a basic guy. Where have you been? I should come for counsel from you. And I'm getting to realize, you know, I'm, I'm trying to show a nice face while I'm doing these things. But man, on the inside, I'm like, this is getting like hard work now. So <laughs> we're not going to live forever. And, and I need to ask us. Are we allowing our past to determine what our future is? Are we, are we so hooked up with the insignificant things that we've been through that it's clouding where we're going to? We're talking about uh, it's all about now. Are we, are we so bent out of shape with some people that we're finding it very hard to forgive them and all that kind of stuff? And so my life is becoming this horrible, grumpy experience? I'm not talking about not having fun. I'm Mr. Cheerleader of fun. I love fun. But in my fun, I need to remember I'm not here forever. And that I need to position myself correctly for eternity. And I believe that in in this life, building God's kingdom, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of adventure connected to it. And it's it's a brilliant life to live. You see, if you look back, Jesus only had 33 years, 33-year window to establish what God wanted him to establish on earth. If we go back into the Old Testament, Esther, she was brought to royalty. Why? To save a nation that was going to be exterminated. If we go, go to Moses, we think about how he was raised up in Pharaoh's house so that he could save the nation of Israel out of slavery. And the Bible says this in 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. So Jesus came with purpose, and I want to declare over your life today that you were born with purpose. There's a reason why you are that alive today, and you're not living with Moses in those days. And there's a reason why your children are born at a time like this, because God's positioning them to do something, to affect a generation, but it's all about now. You see, there's learning opportunities every single day that we need to capitalize on 
so that we can become effective. Our time on earth is limited. Number two, make the most of every opportunity. Not every opportunity is nice. Ne? <laughs> Ephesians 5.16, make the most of every opportunity. Opportunities just appear. You cannot plan them. They just arrive. That's why the Bible tells us to be ready in season and out of season. Because sometimes God's going to open an opportunity for you to be able to declare Him, speak about Him, live for Him. But you might not be feeling your best at that moment. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to let now my emotions kill the moment? Or am I going to say, Father, I'm pulling myself into line so that I can be a warrior for you right now? So going back to Shirley's dad, now all of a sudden, 78 years has gone and is so short. And everybody's looking for opportunities and working with every gap that we have to try and talk to him. But the problem now is that he's got respirators in him. He can't talk back. And it's like the clock is running out and it's time. And, 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 and everything we're doing, we just want to find out, are you saved? We don't want him to end his life knowing that he's going to be separated from Jesus for eternity. That's the worst thing that could ever happen. And so, um, and the children are trying to encourage him, saying, Dad, we can, we, one of these days, we're taking you home. And with all the stuff in him, he goes like this. No. So, no, Dad, we're taking you home. You can get us strong again. Answers, no. And then, one day, he, he, they take the pipes out, but when they have put a respirator inside you, you still can't talk for a couple of days after that because it like affects the, the vocal cords. And um, anyway, that night that they did that, um, all of a sudden the night staff hear somebody singing very loud in the ward. So they go in to find here's surely dad who couldn't talk singing Afrikaans choruses at the top of his voice. They actually had to tell him to kind of like calm down because there was another young child that had come in to ICU's. Life was hanging in the balance. And um, the next morning, they told us about this, and Shirley went to go and visit his dad, and, um, and they had the respirators and stuff back in again. And so what happens is Shirley then obviously sound language he said, Dad, were there angels in your room here last night? And he said, yes. He says, Dad, were you singing with the angels last night? He said, yes. It's all about now. It's all about now. It's all about taking an opportunity when it shows its face. Take the opportunity. In situations, you can be emotionally caught up, but at the same time, there is a window that you and I will be able to live our Jesus Christ to somebody that will change their life forever. And I'm going to ask you today, what are you and I going to do about that? Are we going to let our emotions carry us, or are we going to bring ourselves to attention and say, God, I'm here for you. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about me. It's about this person. Can we, can we breathe life? Can you breathe your life over this person? You see, Jesus hung on the cross, and when he was in the pain of everything that he had been through, he still reached out to the 
thief on the cross right next to him and promised him eternal life. Still reaching out. Opportunities don't come when life is easy. Opportunities come when things are difficult. And can I say this? Our greatest testimony and the greatest effect that we'll ever have on people is not when life is going well with us, but when things are tough. Because then people are seeing you and I in real life situations. You know when things are going like, and we, yeah, hallelujah, God is good, yeah, whatever. But when life is tough, are we still saying, yes, thank you, Jesus, you are amazing? Do we still have that? Do we still have that praise on the inside of us? In Luke 10, Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house with Lazarus, and he was teaching the word. Mary was sitting at his feet, listening. Martha was running around in the kitchen preparing all the food. Remember the story? And Martha gets all upset because Mary's sitting and she's doing all the work. And she comes and complains to Jesus. And picking it up in verse 40, Luke 10, 40. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus responds like this, Martha, Martha. The Lord answers, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You see, Martha never, uh, never committed a sin by doing what she was doing. It wasn't wrong. In fact, it was extremely hospitable to, to, to prepare a meal for your visitors and all that kind of stuff. The problem is that she forgot that God himself was sitting in her lounge. And I'm asking you and I, if we knew that God was sitting in our lounge, would we be in the kitchen? The problem is that sometimes God sends people to us, and it's almost like he himself is sitting in our house because we're hearing a word of the Lord, and we're missing the opportunity because our minds are worried about work or this or that, and our minds are consumed about everything else, and we miss those opportunities. She was preoccupied with what she was doing, never realized God was in her living room. You see, some of us are so occupied with the occupation, we miss the visitation. We're so preoccupied by the occupation, we miss the visitation. Some of us, we come to church, we've had a bad week. We're only here because we're clearing our conscience and we're trying to maybe let people phone us. When you come here, Put all those things aside because those things are actually not important any longer. One moment in the presence of the Lord can change all those things forever. Come, lay those things down. When you walk through that door, make a decision. I cut it off. I'm leaving that all outside. I'm coming in. And Father, I'm asking, will you refresh me with your presence? See, because we, we, we churches our life, when we go on holiday, it's very difficult to get out of talking church. So eventually we're driving along and I said, you see that tree over there? When we go past that tree, no conversation concerning church. We've got to cut it off. And I'm asking you and I, will we make that decision? We cut off the things that are not important when we come and do the things that are important. We experience the visitation of God. The Bible says in, in Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteous, righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. In Hebrews chapter 10, 25, not giving up meeting together, some as a habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing or approaching. 
The day of Jesus is approaching. You and I need to be encouraging each other more and more. So two things. Remember, every time our time on earth is, is limited and most, uh, to make the most of every opportunity. The last one, understand what the Lord's will is. God's will for you and I is not what you do. It's who you are. That needs to settle in you. It's not what you do. It's who you are. For God so loved the world. Put your name there. For God so loved Carl that he gave his one and only son that whoever, if Carl would believe in him, he'd have eternal life. It's not about how good you are because your and my works of what we do in the natural is nothing. It doesn't count for nothing. But what does count is that when you and I are washed in the blood of Jesus as, and, 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 and the Father God looks at us through Jesus, we become the righteousness of God in Christ. We become his children. Listen, you can put all your, ki your kids out in amongst the whole lot, but you'll always have favorites. Who are they? Your kids. You love all the kids, but there's always favorites inside there, and they're your kids. Why? Because they're yours. And God looks at us, and we are his favorite. In Ephesians 5.17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. See, there's a difference between project and priority. Projects will always be there. Things that you have to do will always be there. And the problem is that, that many times those prior projects are going to become priorities to you and I, and they're going to actually distract us from the things that we should be doing. And we can come be, um, busy with, we can become very busy with the works of the Lord that we neglect the work of the Lord. So some things under that one of understanding what the Lord's will is. Number one, my relationship with the Lord is the most important. You're going to hear that time and time and time again. And the reason why you and I are going to hear that time and time again is because you and I keep forgetting that. It's amazing. We've heard it so often. We know it, but yet we forget it. When we come to living life, it's amazing how all of a sudden God doesn't number one anymore. Something else has become number one. And other things take that priority in our life. And I want to encourage us today. For 2024, may you and I live our life focused. God, I'm seeking you first. I want to be a God pleaser like Paul says in Corinthians. I don't want to, do, I don't want to live stuff that you're going to remember Basil. Basil's got nothing. Basil's name goes on the end of the queue. It goes into the dustbin. But Jesus, will people remember you when I've left there? That is going to be the number one thing that we're going to be looking at. So how do I get there? I need to be reading the word and I need to be praying. I find it very interesting how Jesus has the last supper with his disciples before all the events of crucifixion. The very last thing with his disciples. Now, would you think that whatever happened in that upper room would become an important uh, uh, peg in the life of the disciples for the rest of their life? I believe so. Because he has the, 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 the supper, and he reminds them of the body that's broken, the, the blood that is shed, and he washes their feet, serving one another. That needs to become the priority of our life, reminding ourselves what Jesus did for us, because the enemy is going to want to confuse you. Oh, did God really mean this for you? I do this. If it says it in the Word, I believe it until God says otherwise. 
That's it. Otherwise, I'm going to get confused. I'm never going to stand on anything. So reading and praying. Fellowship regularly. Not once in a while. That's not going to help you. We need a fellowship regularly. You need to have people around you that are going to help you. They're going to inspire you. Hang around the people that you would like to inspire to be. You're getting quiet now. We never put people on pedestals, but there's something about hanging around people that are, that are going somewhere that takes me with them. It's very interesting. There's so many. You ride a bicycle, and it's amazing how you, uh, what do you call it, you slipstream. Why? Because it makes it easier. It's amazing. You watch birds, and they do exactly the same. They slipstream each other. Why? Because it makes it easier. But yet when it comes to us, we're, so, we're scared to put somebody on a pedestal. We don't worship people. We worship God. Yes? But we do honor people. We hang around people. We learn from people because that's how God intended it to. And if I can learn something from you, I'm going to hang around you. Why? Because I don't want to stay ignorant in that area all my life. I want to grow. I hope that's going to help somebody. Use our gifts to serve others. I've noticed this in life. The more that I serve, the more I grow. Because Jesus said, if you want to be great, learn to be a servant of all. Number two, spend time with your family. So I have my spiritual family, and that's connected to my walk of mind. But I have a physical family that God put me into and gave me a responsibility there. The world, the family unit in the world is falling apart. Church, you want to go somewhere? Spend time with your family because this thing's long after you've gone. What are your children going to be carrying on for you? Are they going to want to serve God because they saw you serve God and you taught them and you modeled to them how it is to serve God? Or are they going to just say, you know what? Let me give you part of my testimony. When I left school, so I got saved at school uh, when I was 14. And um, I, I'm not proud of how I lived as a Christian, in that this, but I was in a boarding school, a lot of pressure, blah, 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 kind of stuff. And when we said goodbye after we wrote O-Levels, my best friend said this to me. He said, Basil, I want you to know that you were not an example of Jesus to me at all. My best friend. It smacked me right between the eyes. You know why? Because in the time you think it's okay to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And you can't like jump between the two, whatever. And when you're around the Christians, you act Christian. And when you're around the scallums, you... No, no that's a hard word. When you're around the, the tzotzis, you... <laughs> when you're hanging around the people that don't serve Jesus, you, they can't tell a difference between you and them. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. As painful as it was that day, I thank God for that because I remember it to the day I die. And that was the conversation that swung Basil to make a decision to serve Jesus with everything that he has. Spend time with your family so that they will want to serve God. Dads, moms, spend time with your children. I, I had four I had brilliant days this December, but four of them were magnificent. Joel and myself went on a motorbike ride together through the Karoo. It was rough. But I had my son with me. So here's the thing. We put an intercom system between our helmets. Now, that's a good thing and not a good thing. 
Because when you want peace and quiet, you're not going to get it. But here's the next thing. He put earphones in his ear. And he was, and how many of you can sing that, um, uh, who was the band? Staying alive, staying alive. Ah, ah, Bee Gees. He was trying to sing that at that high pitch, and we're going over a dirt road, corrugated. And I'm getting this in my ear, and I'm thinking, ah, but now I'm not wanting to say anything because, you know, I'm spending time with my son. <laughs> but I'm getting to realize corrugations and high singing doesn't go. <laughs> they don't work together. Number three, give your best in your workplace. Give your best. We're talking about opportunities. We're talking about living now. Be that example of honesty, integrity, trust, and the person of their word. If you say yes, it's yes. If you say no, it's no. If you say I'll do it for you, you make sure you do it. Be a person of your word. Give your best. People, be that person that people can rely on. Let your life be a testimony. You don't have to tell people you're a Christian, but let your living be in such a way that they have to say, there's something different about you, please tell me. Do more than what is expected of you. And this is what I declare over every one of us that are employed by people, is that this, may whoever employs you say, that was the best decision I ever made. That was the best decision I ever made to have you part of our company because you have made a difference. You are you're just, just the values, the morals, and everything that this company wants to have, you've got them, and I'm so glad you're part of this team. I'll leave you with a scripture. 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise you for your youth. I'm still trying to work out youth there. But it says this, leave that one alone, just move on to the next one. It says, but set the believers an example. How? In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. May your and my life about living now, may we be an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophetic, uh, prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Listen, listen, verse 15. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself. Immerse yourself in them so all may see your progress. I want you to have a last look at your life of what you are like at the beginning of 2024 because I declare over you that by the end of 2024, you will not be the same person anymore. You would have grown in godliness. You would have grown in character. You would be growing in the gifts of the Spirit. You'll be functioning in your gift. You will be a living testimony of the magnificence of God, how great God is. You'll be a fragrance of, of, of Christ wherever you go, and the love of God will lavish on people through you. God will give you ways to do that in Jesus' name. But it's all about today because tomorrow is nothing until you've lived through today. So will you and I look for every opportunity that today presents to you? In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray.